Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. Hi, it's Don Johnson again with the Proclaim and Defend podcast. In this episode, we are bringing one of the workshops conducted at our recent annual meeting held at Faith Baptist Bible College and Seminary in Ankeny, Iowa. Now, you can find audio for all the messages and workshops at www.fbfiannualfellowship.org. You can look under the Media tab and access messages for the previous year, 2022, at that location as well. Now, this year's conference was a special blessing to us all. I hope that you really enjoy the messages and the workshops that we're sharing with you. And I also hope that you will make plans to attend our 2024 meeting in Denver. Now for today's workshop. Okay, so this is, we have Marina Ralph today. She is a Kids for Truth Club's program specialist. Marina has a deep desire for children to be taught the Word of God and to develop a relationship with our Lord. Kids for Truth Clubs is an outlet for that desire. She began as an assistant to the curriculum creator, developing all the club's supporting resources. Because of her background in art and organization, creating resources is, is, a, delight, wow, is a delightful creative outlet for her. Marina also enjoys training workers how to effectively minister to children through Kids for Truth Clubs training events and Christian education conferences. God has gifted Marina with the ability to see how to adjust the Kids for Truth Club's program to meet the needs of individual churches. She has seen the program successfully used in hundreds of ways. She's a fan of Kids for Truth Clubs, which I think might be an understatement, <laughs> and welcomes the opportunity to talk with you about the program and how it can be used in your church. It has, I've, I met Marina for the first time on Monday, and it has been a joy to get to know her a little bit. So we're so delighted you're here. Thank you for being here today. And did you want me to share about this? Yes, Okay. So uh, Marina is going to do a drawing for a prize at the end of the session today. So if you can fill out your information across completely, then you will uh, be entered into that drawing. I so, have a very good chance. Yes. <laughs> And I told her I was giving away three books, <laughs> maybe one, two, and three. <laughs> if more people come in, we do have to give them the clipboard, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're late. I don't know. All right. So I'll preface this. Um, I was asked to do a session specifically on Kids for Truth and to uh, really um, uh, tell about Kids for Truth, but also do some uh, light training on Kids for Truth and being sure that we have time that we can ask answer questions that people may have. So uh, this comes from an article that I wrote several years ago, and I mentioned this to y'all just a few minutes ago, that's called 12 uh, Reasons to Rethink Your Midweek Work. Madness, and this is uh, changing your midweek madness ministry <laughs> using Kids for Truth Clubs. Now, everything I share today is very relevant to Kids for Truth Clubs, obviously, but it also is relevant to any curriculum changes or any curriculum that you're looking at using within your ministry. So whether you're looking at, I'm going to change my VBS programs, 
uh, who I use, or I want to change my Sunday school or my junior church, my clubs program. Any of this will be relevant to any curriculum whatsoever that you're looking at within your ministry, even once you get up into teens and adults. So uh, I'm a very practical speaker, so I hope uh, this is a blessing to you. As we go along, I have blanks in your notes to fill out. Don't worry on the first page if you don't get everything filled out because we will be repeating those 12 reasons as we go along. Okay? So it's midweek. You're worn out from a really long day at work. You are tired. You are in a stressful day. You walk into your church room and kids are running everywhere. <laughs> it is total and complete madness and chaos. What do you do to grab their attention and to teach them in effective, meaningful, motivational way? Something that is memorable to them. Do you turn around and teach a quick lesson, give a refreshment and play a quick game and hope that they come back next week and hopefully next week is better? Or are you just kind of tricking yourself into believing that you're really doing effective ministry? What are some ways that you can effectively and efficiently teach meaningful, motivational, and memorably? So I'm going to give you 12 reasons why I think that Kids for Truth may be an answer to your problem. Okay? 12 reasons to rethink your midweek ministry. Using Kids for Truth Clubs because you know children matter to your ministry. Number two, and I'm going to go through these quick because I'm going to repeat every single one of them. You want to grow your children's ministry. You don't want to stay the size you are. A living church is a growing children's ministry. You want to create excitement about learning God-focused truths. You want to build a firm foundation for the future. These are our next generations of our pastors, our missionaries, our parents, our teachers, our children's workers. We need to build that firm foundation. You understand that children learn using different methods. You want children to know, love, and worship God. You want children to learn what Christians believe and why they believe it. While you're catching up with me here, let me share just a little bit of a testimony here. And I'm going to keep moving along, not sharing too much in between. But I grew up in a Christian school. And my reason for Kids for Truth comes from growing up in a Christian school in a Christian home and watching kids grow up through the churches with me and through the Christian school. And I saw so many kids as they graduated high school and went out on their own, went off to college, got jobs, what have you. What happened when they were making their own families? They fell away from the faith, didn't they? They started uh, getting involved in maybe false doctrine, uh, churches that didn't believe like we did. 
maybe even colds. And, and I did. I saw that. I also saw kids that just totally left the church altogether. Why? They learned a lot of put off, put on principles. They learned a lot of do's and don'ts or a lot of Bible events. And I call it Bible events. I do not call it Bible stories. Children equate stories to fables. They'll use Bible lesson, Bible events, and that will help. I learned that several years ago, and I teach it now all the time. Call it Bible events or Bible lessons. They look at a lesson like a math lesson, a history lesson as a truth. Um, they look at a story as in a Disney st- uh, story, uh, something like that. Um but I wanted to teach my own kids what we believe and why we believe it. They asked us as a sophomore in high school, what do you want to learn in Bible class? And I said, teach us what we believe and why we believe it. They didn't do it. And they kept on teaching, put on, put off principles, and put it, put a root in my heart. Something that I really desired for my kids to learn ourselves. So as Rusty and I even started dating, that was one of the first things I expressed to him. I want my kids to be firmly grounded in what we believe and why we believe it. 16 years after I started praying as a sophomore in high school, Bob Roberts approached me to help in the program that he was writing. And I says, tell me what you're writing, Bob. And he says, Marina, I'm writing a curriculum to teach kids what they believe and why they believe it and give them Bible priest text. And I says, you don't understand. I've been praying for this for 16 years. Rusty and I are totally behind you. We'll do anything you need help with. I volunteered for two going on three, four years before 9-11 happened. And the events of 9-11, Bob needed help for two weeks to get the 9-11 tracks out. Well, that went longer than two weeks, but my two weeks are still not up, as I lovingly say. (laughs) And I am still with Kids for Truth, and I absolutely love what I do. I am thankful that God has allowed me to work in a program that he gave me a desire back in high school on. <laughs> so you want your children to learn what Christians believe and why they believe it? This is my heart. This is why I do what I do. Number eight, you want a curriculum grounded in solid doctrines children should know. Doctrine is not over the heads of children. They should know Bible doctrine themselves. Why do they believe in creation? Why do they believe in God? You want to equip parents to disciple and help their children grow spiritually. It is their job as parents to be training their children. We can come along beside them and partner with them. But it is their job biblically as parents to do that. We need to help them. Number 10, I want children excited to come to church. And when I have a motivational program and an exciting program, guess what? They want to come to church. If they're getting in trouble every time they walk in the church doors because they did not sit still enough, guess what? Are they going to want to come to church? Number 10, I want children to learn truths that will stick with them for life. I don't want them to remember it long enough to repeat it back to me. I want them to remember it over and over and over. Number 12, I want a program that will fit the unique needs of my ministry. With Kids for Truth curriculum, we left every aspect of the program and even the curriculum adaptable to meet your needs. And I will share that as we go along. I'm going to take each of these 12 reasons and I'm going to expand upon them now. 
First of all, because you know that children matter to your ministry, you should have a goal that is somewhat matched to the curriculum that you are looking at. The big four primary goals of Kids for Truth Clubs is to effectively teach the most important truths about God to boys and girls. Number two, we want to utilize a tried-and-true method, the question-answer method, otherwise known as catechism. We lovingly call the Kids for Truth curriculum a catechism on steroids. Catechisms of old were question-answer method. With a Bible reference, we do question-answer Bible verse. Why? We want them to understand why they're responding with that Bible verse. We want them to understand what they're learning. We want to define and refine what children should know by the time they complete the sixth grade. What Bible knowledge should they know? What should they know about their God? Not about how they should be living morally. Not about their put on and put off principles, but what do they believe about their God? And number four, we want to motivate and equip parents, teachers, church workers, how to effectively teach children meaningful, motivational, and memorably. We're going to do that by giving away a lot of free resources. I talked about that before we started our session today. We're going to do that with our Equip You site, giving you all kinds of resources to be able to motivate and equip those parents to be able to come along beside you and help learn, uh, teach their children God-focused truths. Because children matter to your ministry, When you are implementing a club program or a curriculum into your ministry, you're going to need to make decisions for your ministry. One of the the first thing is the program and the curriculum that you want to learn. What are your goals for the curriculum and the program? And what are your expectations? You need to know that right away. You'll also need to make a decision. What service are you using or looking for curriculum for? I'm starting all over or I'm in a brand new church, Marina. Okay, you're going to need curriculum for your Sunday school hour. If you're having children's church, you need your children's church hour. And if you're doing a Wednesday night or a Sunday night program, you need to have something for your kids club or your uh, evening service. A well-balanced children's ministry should have three types of teaching. You should have your Bible events, your Bible lessons. Once again, I do not call them Bible stories. I call them the Bible events or Bible lessons. You need your Bible uh, survey. Starting at Genesis and going through Revelation, what happens on the timeline and what happens where, they need to know that. Oftentimes, you can uh, combine those first two together, right? Bible events and Bible survey can go hand in hand together. Adding the Bible doctrines is a little bit harder because we're learning what we believe about our God. So there's not always a Bible event that illustrates that truth. Sometimes there is, but there's not always a Bible event that, um, that will, um, illustrate that truth. So, uh, you do have those three types of ministries. So if you have just two services, you can combine your Bible events and your Bible lessons with your Bible survey into one and then have your Bible doctrines into the other. You need to know ministry specifics that you want. 
So uh, this is where you're going to decide how fast do I want to go through the curriculum I'm looking at. So the pace, you're going to decide what is my schedule. Am I meeting just school year or am I meeting year-round for this type of service? And you're going to decide, is this a program I'm going to have um, awards, incentives, or motivators? Very similar to this, you're also going to decide some elements that you want. And it's service elements, program elements. Uh, for your service elements, you need um, to decide, am I using things like uh, a main teaching time? Am I doing a small group time? Am I doing uh, an activity time? Uh, maybe a review game or choir or things like that. So you need to decide what kind of pro, uh, service elements am I going to have? And then what kind of program elements am I having? Am I just having my curriculum or am I having an award program along with that? And if I'm having an award program along with it, am I doing something like an award patch type of thing or am I doing a, a church bucks type of system or am I doing uh, a store type of thing or we earn points towards a scholarship to camp? What type of motivators am I going to use? Am I using wall charts? Uh, am I doing group awards when we as a group memorize so many verses? We will have snow cones or we will have uh, hot cocoa and cookies, things like that. You're going to kind of decide on that. Sometimes it's a combination of what you want to do, and there's nothing wrong with doing a combination of both your patches and a group motivator, a group incentive. Hey, I want to do a team motivator. Uh, to get them used to bringing their supplies to church and attending on a regular basis. So I give them points as they come in for their attendance, for their uh, memory rec records, uh, for bringing their Bible, their truth book, uh, bringing their uh, whatever we're using for awards, whether we're using the award standard or the new truth book sleeves or the cinch bags, whatever I'm using for my awards, did they bring it? I want to teach the kids to come prepared, come to church prepared to learn about God. It is hard to be prepared for small group time if they don't have their Bible or their truth book, right? All of a sudden, you're grabbing supplies from somebody else or here you two share, and it makes it a little bit more awkward, and it kind of uses up and wastes time. It doesn't let me be efficient. So I'm going to teach them to come to church. When we as a group earn so many points, we are going to get this. Or we're going to do a team motivator, and at the end of this month, if we get to this this point, then we are going to have snow cones, and the winning team gets to go first. I never leave out the losing team. And I'll tell you, I've had somebody leave out the losing team. The winning team got a taco party. The loser team got to watch. Guess oh. what? It went downhill real fast. They said, <laughs> Marina, it didn't work at all. I says, you know why it didn't work? I says, the ones that won felt bad because maybe they didn't work as hard as the ones that lost. And the ones that lost, they're like, we lost because we had Johnny on our team. Or you only won because you had Susie on your, your team and she's so smart. And we would have won if Johnny hadn't been sick or if Susie hadn't been sick. And all of a sudden, it collapsed. So do a reward that everyone still gets 
but the winning team has an advantage. They get to go first or they get to pick the color of their craft first. We're going to do um, the children's program here coming up for the annual garden conference. And we always do a team motivator. And I said, the, the team that is in the lead will get to choose their craft colors first. And I have different crafts that they're going to make during the week. And uh, some of them are pencil pouches and some are keychains. And there's different colors and different objects that they can choose from. So the winning team or the team that's in the lead will get to choose first. But the losing team still gets to do the craft and still gets to participate. Does it work? Does it encourage them to be mo- uh, learning their uh, their work and to bring bringing their supplies back? By all means. But it's not leaving somebody out. Let's continue to go. Number two, because you want to grow your children's ministry, when you are transitioning between uh, programs and curriculums, you have some do's and don'ts. Number one, don't take away elements the children or workers loved about their pro, uh, former program. Don't yank the carpet out from underneath them, okay? Instead, adjust the pro- format to fit your new goals and needs. So if I had a store before with my old program and the kids really like that store, you know what? I'm not going to take it away. If I'm using Kids for Truth Clubs, I'm all of a sudden going to switch out my bucks from the one type of buck to guess what? I have Kids for Truth bucks. Mm -hmm. And you know what? These are free download, already ready for you to print out and use. They have our characters on here. I even give tips about uh, printing them on our Equip You site. I am a very uh, color-coded person and very organized person. So I have Zeke, who is our yellow chicken. I have Zebedee, who is our green frog. And I have Zachariah, who is a blue fish. That's their normal colors. So my ones, my fives, and my tens are Color-coded. Now, when I hand this out, it's real easy for me to hand out, and it's real easy for me to separate and count my uh, bucks and how many bucks they have earned. I am also, if there is something that I want to change, say they right now have a game time, and I want to still have a game time, but I like the idea of doing a re, uh, review game, which reinforces everything that I'm doing of a, of a night. I am using trivia questions about their memory work. I'm using trivia questions about uh, the main teaching lesson to get them to listen. I am doing trivia questions. I like to include trivia questions both about my workers to build relationships. And I like to use uh, trivia questions about the missionaries we need support because I want my kids to have a heart for missions. And when my missions missionaries come into town, I want my kids to already know them. And they've been praying for those missionaries. They know what missionaries have how many kids and what country they're from. They usually know the names of the kids or this missionary has three boys and two girls. This missionary is like the Ralphs and they have four boys and one girl. And in fact, they're in the same order as the Ralphs kids. They know those types of things. They know about Mrs. Ralph, that Mrs. Ralph has a Pomeranian puppy. And Mrs. Ralph's Pomeranian puppy is only seven pounds. In fact, Mrs. Ralph's Cat, Siamese cat at that, is smaller than her Pomeranian puppy. Now, why do I share things like that with them? Because it builds relationships with them. And all of a sudden, what happens 
is they are an animal lover. And after they club, they, Mrs. Ralph, do you know what dog I saw this week? I saw a dog that was this big. Or I saw a dog that is smaller than your lily. It was this tiny, Mrs. Ralph, and it was a full-grown dog. Now, what's happening? I pay attention, and I express interest in what they are, right? All of a sudden, they start learning that Mrs. Ralph cares about them, and Mrs. Ralph loves them. When they know that Mrs. Ralph loves and cares for them, what happens when they find out that I want them to memorize something? Do they want to please Mrs. Ralph? And they start wanting to behave in class. They start wanting to do their memory work because that makes Mrs. Ralph happy. And she gets really excited when she gets to give out awards to kids. So I'm going to uh, add review questions about that. And I'm going to wean my kids off of my games into a review game. I'm not going to just all of a sudden change to a review game. Because if I all of a sudden change to a review game, what's going to happen? The kids are going to be all disappointed when they don't have their game time. Now, I get very jealous of my time with kids. I get kids for maybe an hour to two hours a week. The world and their parents, especially if they're from unsafe homes, unsafe parents have them the rest of their time. I get them an hour to two hours a week to teach them about God's word. This is the way I look at it. In an hour, hour and a half, do they really need a recess time? But do they learn well when they're active and when they are moving back and forth, right? They do. So I like review games because it's reinforcing what I'm doing. So I ask them a trivia question and they get a play for their team and earn points and they get a cheer and they get all that energy out and they still can have fun. And I have some very fun review games, believe me. Uh, so when I want to wean them off of that game time, I'm going to wean them just like I wean a baby off of a bottle. Or off of a pacifier. So month one, I may do review game one week and game time the next three weeks. The next month, I'm going to do two and two, right? Every other week. The next month, I'm going to flip-flop it, and it's going to be three weeks uh, review game, one week game time, right? Guess what happens the next month? Oh, I totally forgot about a game night. It's all review game, right? And all of a sudden, I've weaned them. Now, every so often, I might throw in more game time, right? And I may, oh, you know what? We're just going to play this game for fun instead of as a review game. Can I do that every so often and just have a, a fun time? I can do that. But I've weaned them more to what I want instead of just ripping it away from them. And all of a sudden, I miss this out of our old club. I miss this out of my own program. All right. Number two, don't expect workers or parents to understand a program without training. There are several ways we can do this, but you can provide training and instructions to both the parents and the workers. You don't have to have a big combined lesson that you have to do to teach the parents about the books. In fact, all of our books are laid out the same, uh, the student books. So we have actually curriculum explanation flyers, and I have gotten to where I actually print this out on a half sheet of paper, okay? So I print these two sheets per paper. Uh on labels, I cut them in half, so they're half-sheet labels, and they're this way, the same label. And I do the same thing with my yearly schedule, and I paste it in the front and the back of the books. Why do I paste it in the front and the back of the books? Because they always get home. They don't get dropped on the floor on the way to and from church, and if mom and dad are looking for, 
oh, now what am I looking at in their book again? They can see. This actually points out all the portions of a unit in their book. Easy to understand. I didn't even have to have a meeting. I sent this home and they got to see it. And I told them, hey, you know what, look for this. Now, could I do a quick meeting and have this with them in a quick meeting? Certainly, I could have a quick informational meeting, run over this. I run over it for one level when their child goes up the next level or their child is in, they have multiple children in level. I can explain one and they understand all their books. So real quick training, but provide training instruction to both the workers and the parents. Number three, don't expect everyone to be as excited about you are about the change. You know why you're making the change, right? And you're all excited because you've done all the research and you've done all the study and you've talked to me who is already always excited about Kids for Truth, right? So you're all excited, but there's things that you can do to make it exciting for the kids. You can decorate the room so it looks fun and exciting. We have free things already on the Equip You site that you can download and print posters, awards you can earn. Come join our club. We meet at this time. You can also do one of my uh, cheapest ways to make a, a room look fun and exciting. I go to my cutting machine, whether it's Ellison cutting machine or whether it's one of my, uh, I have a silhouette. There's camp, uh, there's crickets. There's all kinds of things that you can get nowadays that are cutting machines. They, they cut out. I cut out K's four T's and I use the four kids for truth colors, which are shown over here off to the side. I use green, red. I actually use the gold color of the kids for truth logo instead of khaki because it's brighter and blue. And I cut out K's four T's and all those colors. Then I take my curling party string and I hang it from the ceiling. I poke a little bitty eighth inch hole and poke that through, hang it from my ceiling grid around the room. Now my room's colorful. It's exciting looking for kids. If I want to add another thing to it, I can add colorful balloons in those same colors. It's a great way to kick off the first of your year to make it fun and exciting for the kids and make something for them to look forward to. Don't change your program without having a reason available. This does not mean that you have to give this reason from up front, but have a reason available and have a point to person. I, I would say if you have your pastors and your leadership behind you, which you should if you're making a change in your curriculum, have them be your point to person. Let them take the fall for making those decisions. Uh, that's what they're there for. And you are under their leadership. So let them go to your pastors and your leadership. Have a reason. Uh, it doesn't have to be given publicly. But if you have questions about why we're changing programs, please see the pastor. I am one that never likes to down another program. Even though I work for Kids for Truth Clubs, you will never hear me speak bad about another club program or another uh, curriculum. Why? I believe God gives every curriculum for a reason. And it is used uh, for his glory, and it's supposed to be used for his glory. And I know that my curriculum may not be the best fit for every single church. Now, while I want it to be, I know that it may not be the best fit for you. And so you need to have a reason why you change. We're changing because um, we saw some inconsistencies in the doctrine, or we've seen this curriculum go down a path that we don't want to go down, 
Well, we're changing because we see that our kids are already getting the Bible events and the Bible uh, survey in our Sunday school, but they're not having any Bible doctrine. And for a well-balanced ministry, we need that Bible doctrine. That's why we're changing. Your pastor can give that reason. You don't have to. And have it be the point person is the pastor. You know what? Pastor would love to explain that to you. And uh, I've told him I would point anyone asking questions to him. You can do that very simply and very uh, politely without uh, downing another reason or why. Otherwise, you could get very uh, defensive parents. Well, that's what I grew up with, or that's what I really like, or I started the old program. Why are you no longer using it? And you offended me because you're no longer using it. Uh, number five, do not spring a change on your workers at the last minute. Instead, communicate with your parents and your workers and give time to train your, your workers or your parents. That does not mean I cannot make a decision to make a change uh, within a month or within even a couple weeks. If I have training laid out and when we're going to train or I'm pointing my workers to training that they can do. Uh, but that does mean give time and communicate with your parents. Uh, don't be like Pastor Eddie. Years ago, I had a Pastor Eddie call. I'll never forget Pastor Eddie. Every time he called, um, myself and Julie, my coworker, we would just shake our head. <laughs> and he called one Wednesday late afternoon. I want to start using your curriculum tonight. I want to order it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to have shipping time. <laughs> I want to grab the lessons. Well, at that time, we allowed the teacher lesson plans to be downloaded. So you can download the lesson. Does your worker know about what your teacher? Oh, no, I'm going to give her the lesson at, at 6 o'clock when she shows up. Oh, my. <laughs> and I'm like, um, and does she, have you downloaded the attendance sheets and the award record sheets? And are you going to be doing? Oh, I'm going to let her make those decisions. But she's starting tonight. Just tell Eddie no. <laughs> I really wanted to just tell Eddie no. And when he called about shirts a few weeks later, what color shirts do you want? Oh, what colors do you have? And I told him. And you could hear somebody, the secretary in the background, do the red. Red? And then what color size do you think uh, this person needs? Really? <laughs> and, and, and so I'll never forget Pastor Eddie and waiting till the last minute. For his stuff. And that was just Pastor Eddie. And all his poor worker called me uh, the next day. What do I do? I'm like, I'm so sorry. Let me help you as much as I can. And I did. But anyway, number three. (laughs) We got to keep moving. You want to create excitement about learning God-focused truths. So number one, you want to use curriculum that has resources that support your ministry. You're not going to just wing it on your curriculum or we'll write as we go. You want curriculum that is complete and ready for you. So teacher guides, uh, something for visitors to do, a starter book, something for them to join the program, a scope and sequence that is understandable and in print for you, and truth books, uh, student books, something for the kids to get into, especially if you are interested in discipleship or you want those kids doing memory work, you need to know what they're doing. You're not wanting to wait around each week for somebody to write curriculum. Believe me, 
I've been there. <laughs> you don't want to wait every week for someone to write curriculum. Hey, I need this for this week. That is hard. And what happens if someone gets sick and you don't have anything to teach? And you, it's hard to keep a scope and sequence going of what you want. You want rich teaching resources that are flexible to meet your needs instead of you having to flex to meet their needs, okay? So you have a teacher's guide. You have teaching time, and you have lesson components within our teacher's guide. So our teacher's book is shown right here in the center of the page here. And you'll notice, and I don't think my point pointer will show up on the screen here. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Can you okay. see here? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right here is a summary of the lesson. Right over off to the left of the page. And then we have an introducing doctrine section. It is a lesson, um, object lesson or illustrator illustration that helps bring their focus on what you're going to be teaching that day. Brings their attention to the front. Hey guys, look what I have here. I've got an egg set on the, on the table and look at the different parts of the egg. And it all of a sudden pulls their attention to the front, right? Um, Then you have a main teaching lesson. You notice how long that lesson was? I'm sorry. Whoops. I did really good there, didn't I? All right. Come on, Marina. All right. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. You notice how long this lesson is? You may not have enough time to teach that whole lesson. That's okay. Our lessons are designed so that you prepare a lesson. You're not just sitting there reading on the back of the story card. What's that going to do for your workers? Your workers are going to be growing. You're doing intentional discipleship with your workers, even though they don't really know that they're being intentionally discipled, right? They're learning as they're teaching. So you're preparing their lesson and they're letting God lead them as they prepare their lesson. And finally, they have an application portion. I do not want my my doctrine to be boring and stale. I want it relevant to their life. So I'm going to have a way to, to apply it to your life. Now, Bible doctrines. I cannot just hold up a, uh, a story card and show a story card, right? These are my lesson plan graphics for level one. I for doctrinal theme number one, and I have a couple of the sheets here, and you can tell what doctrine it is by the icon in the corner of the page. So I have a, a God's Word, the Bible here, and then a greatness of God here. But this is my lesson plan graphics that are free downloads off the Equipy site. Now I have laminated mine because I use mine over and over, and I take them as I travel or as I teach. It's easier to hold them up if they're laminated. But you see here, all of these are free downloads, and they illustrate the truth. Now, even if I have a preschooler, and I have an introduction session that is talking about different books, and I do not want to carry all those books in for that illustration, guess what? I have a graphic that goes along with my lesson introduction. And I can talk about our history books and our science books and our math books and uh, storybooks. And grammar books, but of all the books, what is most important? God's Word, the Bible, right? And I can talk through that illustration, right, if I don't have the time. And even when I have a lesson plan graphics that has a lot of words, even a preschooler can understand when you're pointing to what is a translator. And I talk about it, right? They are starting to put together words 
and the shapes of words. Even though they don't understand and they cannot read that word, they know what I'm doing when I'm holding it up and it's a visual for their mind. And it works. And um, I love teaching preschoolers. And um, I use them with my preschoolers and they work just fine. Um, the Equip You site has a lot of resources for you. And one of the things it has, and I have it on my table in the other room, is a teaching discovers manual. It actually walks through what resources are available for those teaching those preschoolers and how to use this lesson plan with preschoolers. A lot of preschool teachers are used to a story card that they're reading and maybe a five-minute lesson and the rest of their lesson is playtime. I've been in churches that's that way. You know what? A three-year-old, even a two-year-old can get more out of a service than that. When I teach preschoolers, they're my favorite age to teach. And Rusty will tell you, I come out of that room as if I had an entire full-body workout. (laughs) I use my entire body as I teach. I illustrate big. You think I'm illustrating big today? I illustrate big as I teach. And um, my kids, um, they come out with their memory work memorized because we do all kinds of Activities to help them learn their memory work. I walk through a lot of that in the Teaching Discovers manual on how to do that. Because you want to create excitement about learning God-focused truth, we have uh, truth books that are exciting and very relevant to their needs. I'm going to keep going here because I am taking way too long, and I'm sorry, but we'll keep going here. Uh, we want a, uh, a yearly schedule filled with fun events, but we also want to break down their books. And I'm going to step over here. I'm going to grab a book for you because I want to show you if I hand a book like this to a child at the first of the year and say, by the end of the year, we're going to go through this entire book. That can be kind of overwhelming, can it? So I'm going to break down the book into bite-sized nuggets, and we're going to study each doctrinal theme for a limited time of period. And when we move on to the next doctrinal theme, we're all going to move on, whether you've memorized all the truths or not. Now, I can do that with Kids for Truth, because as we go along, you're going to learn that all of the children are learning the same 12 doctrinal themes and the same 120 questions. Their memory work and their book work is growing and maturing as they go along. So even if they didn't get it in level one, they're going to get it in level two and level three, level four again. What what grade level is level one? Level one is uh, three-year-olds through through K-5. So it's your preschool, your non-readers. I'm also going to uh, create a year full of fun activities if I'm using a club. So I may add... Uh, events like a family picnic, a Christmas party, a year-end award um, celebration at the end of my year for the kids to enjoy. I'm also going to have maybe craft nights. Maybe I want to do a Christmas craft for them to hand out to the senior saints or a heart launcher um, uh, craft, which is a fun Valentine's craft. And it is um, it. It's a little square device that you make with rubber bands and cardboard, and it, it launches out little hearts. Fun way, and it's called Spread God's, uh, God's Love. Spread God's Love Heart Launcher. 
um, maybe I want to do that. Maybe I want to do a Mother's Day craft. We have a Mother's Day craft that is a photo frame, and you can use your little mini Instamatic cameras and put the picture inside the little photo frame and send it home with the child. Nice Mother's Day present for them. And I like to throw in activities that are fun. I like to do crazy soft night, crazy hair night. Uh, one of the things that my kids like is uh, glow-in-the-dark night. Uh, do review games that glow-in-the-dark and bring in your black lights. A lot of fun. <laughs> one of our most fun things, and the kids uh, learn to come uh, in colors that uh, glow. Uh, kids for Truth Color Night. Dress the color of your level. Kids for Truth Theme Night. Dress according to your theme. And each level has a different thing going on in their books. Because you want to build a firm foundation for the future, you're going to study 12 doctrinal themes, and it's systematic theology for kids. We study God's Word, the Bible, the greatness of God, the goodness of God, the Trinity, God's creation, God's view of you, God's law, person Jesus Christ, God's gift salvation, God's purpose for his children, God's work past and present, and God's plan for the future. Those are great doctrines for kids to know, aren't they? They need to know those. And because you want to build a firm foundation for the future that is lasting and repetitive so that they remember, remember reputation, age, learning, right? So our curriculum grows. So all children learn the same 120 core questions. It's going to grow and mature. So this is a preschooler's answer. It goes all the way up to a, a fifth and sixth grade answer. Notice how the preschool answer is a part of the first and second grade, third and fourth, fifth and sixth. When I review in my class and I ask, what is the Bible? Can any of the kids answer that question? Any of the kids that are participating in that game time can answer that question, right? When a younger child recites their answer, their answer is part of the older children's answer. What's that doing? That's reminding them what their answer is and that their answer continues, right? When an older child answers, the younger children are hearing their answer within that older child. What is the natural thing for children to do? The younger children want to outdo the older children. The older children do not want to be outdone by the younger children. <laughs> you know what? God gave us that ability, didn't he? Use it for your benefit. He gave it to you. Use it. It's not going to hurt. Usually when I'm teaching kids, unless I'm in a really small church, I recommend you keep your preschooler separate for the entire night. Uh, their attention spans are five to ten minutes. Tops. Elementary kids, you get about 15 to 20 minutes before you need to change uh, activities. So I try to, as much as possible, leave my preschoolers in their own room and have their own teacher and everything with, contained within their hour. And everything I do overnight changes every five to 10 minutes. I show that in my Discovering Teacher Manual. Uh, teaching Discovers Manual, sorry. Uh, I also teach that in uh, workshop sessions on teaching or discovers. Um, I just do their schedule just a little bit better, uh, a little bit shorter bits of times. So we do a lot of memory work uh, mixed in. So we may do a verbal uh, 
uh, Simon says, for part of it. They may yap. Their memory work like my Pomeranian puppy yaks. And <laughs> I tell them, when you have a small little dog, when they bark, what happens? Their whole body bounces. <laughs> so we literally get down on the floor and we bounce up and down. Did you know that preschoolers learn best when they're moving? Mm-hmm. So when they're bouncing up and down, like my Pomeranian puppy, and saying their memory work, guess what happens? They're learning their memory work. When they march around the room like soldiers, guess what? And they're saying their memory work, they're learning. Now you're learning why I have a full body workout by the time I finish. (laughs) But I usually go over their memory work for preschoolers two or three times within their evening. One time I will use a verbal sentence. The next time I may make Use made up sign language. My God is all powerful, all knowing everywhere at one time. Now they've seen it. And then another time we may be coloring and I'm just repeating it over and over and they're repeating it back with me. Or I may be sing songing it or something like that. So I try to use different things each time. And what am I doing? I'm using the different ways that they learn and I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's continue going. Because you learn, you know that children learn using different methods. Our books are set up so that there's different things within their books. Okay? But notice something, and I mentioned this a little bit a little while ago when I held up this sheet talking about the book components and learning one, you learn the others. They all have the same components. Do you see that? So they all have a memorized section. They all have a commentary section. Now, the preschoolers' commentary section, they cannot read. But guess what? Preschoolers also do not communicate to their parents what they're learning. So there's a parent page to teach the parents what you're teaching the kid at church so that, guess what, they can come alongside of you and partner with you to teach their kids. Right? I don't have to stand at the door and say, this is what we learned today. Or I don't have to write it out on a sheet of paper for them. I have a brain stretcher or a thinking question. I have hard questions to get them to apply their truths. I have review units. I have things that help the oldest level to visualize what they are learning right within their book. So you have different uh, learning methods within that. I also use different learning methods within my service. So I just talked about the different ways of teaching my preschoolers. I can use those same ways teaching my older kids. I can also use different learning abilities within my program, my evening, right? So my truth book time, my small group time. When I sing my songs, I can even sing my memory work if I am gifted to where I like to do that. I can sing song it. I can sing songs about the topic we are learning. I can do crafts that reinforce and has the memory work right on the craft. And for our level one children, our preschoolers, there is a craft to go along with every single one of the uh, memory work in their book. And the memory work is on their craft or their craft display sheet. Those are free downloads. There's a memory techniques manual. I have it sitting at my table at the other room that you can look through. There's memory techniques manual. There's also memory techniques. I call it memorize it crafts on the equip you site. They make, we did a lot of this during um, the COVID shutdown, but it was to help those kids that was learning at home on their own. And it was to help those kinetic learners. 
And so it, it might be a toy or something that they hold in their hands that they're moving over and over and it has the memory work on it. So I'm paying attention to the different learning styles. I'm working within it. My review games are a great way to uh, help those kids that need to hear it over and over or to help those kids that need to move. I'm because sorry, we've got another appointment. So we've got to slip out. Yeah, that's fine. I think you'll if you win, if you win the prize, or, or she, she might win the drawing, we'll we'll see. Actually, we have <laughs> we have three things I'm giving away. Each of you will get one. Come okay. by this table and see. Right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's very very helpful though. <laughs> All right. Because you want children to know, love, and worship God, we have very carefully high quality, eye catching, kid friendly books and materials. It is systematic theology for kids. Because you want children to learn what Christians believe and why they believe it, we have a curriculum goal to provide, to understand and provide answers with Bible verses for 120 key questions about our faith. We want to reach kids worldwide through doctrinal truth. We have churches all over the world using the Kids for Truth curriculum. We have a bunch up in Canada. We have some in South America. We have some in West Africa. We have some in our Asian countries. And since they are a little bit more restricted access nations, I will not mention what nations they are in. But we have people all over the world learning about Kids for Truth curriculum. Is systematic theology apologetics for kids? Because you want a curriculum grounded in solid truths a child should know. We have the 12 doctrinal themes. We've already gone over them. 10 questions and answers per doctrinal theme, making up a core curriculum of 120 foundational uh, Q&A. We break this down into a book one and a book two. Book one is the top half of the page here. It's our books that are yellow and green like this one. So half of the book is yellow doctrinal themes, half is green. You can see that here broken down here, yellow and green. So it helps those that are going through only half of a book a year. They know they're going through the yellow portion. That's churches that are slowing down. Churches that slow down the curriculum by and large are churches that are outreaching to the community or churches that are doing intentional discipleship on every one of the 120 questions. I want to spend one week per question. That's going to slow down your curriculum. You will not get through 60 units in one year if you are going through one a year. That's okay if that's what works best for you. I uh, will help you Determine that if you need to talk it through. Number two is book two, and it's always God's law, Jesus Christ, God's gift, salvation, God's purpose for his children, God's work, past and present, and God's plan for the future. Both books of a level of difficulty are on the same level of difficulty. They do not need to complete book one before they do book two. So we rotate every other year or every other curriculum (laughs) cycle between a book one and a book two. 
when they finish book one, they go into book two. Even if they go up a level of difficulty, they'll start book two and that level of difficulty. That keeps everyone learning together within the same doctrinal themes. It's okay if you start a level of difficulty talking about God's law and the person Jesus Christ, right? It's also okay if you start with uh, God's word, the Bible, the greatness of God. The reason why they're not all in one book, imagine a book twice the size that you're handing to a child. That would, a 400 page book would be way too overwhelming and it would not be decently. <laughs> Believe me. Um, probably would not even stay together. Uh, because you want to equip parents to disciple and help their children grow spiritually, we have the truth books. And the truth books really break down every question and answer. These are excellent resources for family devotions. And if you have children uh, that you really want to push your children or your parents using this as family devotions, talk to me and I will, I will walk you through how you can do that, whether you're going through one unit a week or two units a week. Okay. If you're going through, if you're wanting to complete the truth book in a year, you, the children need to be doing two a week if they're going in a school year. Okay. Realist ideal scenario is the children work on this on their own with their parents during the week and they come ready to recite. Realistic scenario. <laughs> 50% will do that. And I can tell you that from experience. Our, our class right now, 50% of the kids study at home. The other 50% doesn't. We have about seven kids in our class. And we have three to four that consistently will come with their memory work every week without fail. They're ready to go. The others, we work on it in class. Okay? Sounds like one of my pianists. Sounds like my piano studio. <laughs> it's the same way. It's yes. the same way. You have that in everything in life. Yep. You have it in the school. You have it in school. How many kids actually study their spelling words at home or their math at home? You have the same scenario. Families are busy and they don't always have time for it or it's not always their plan. We teachers have to adapt to that. It, it is It is what it is. It, it is what it is. I'm not frustrated exactly. about it. I just smile and say, well, let's have a good 30 minutes today. Yes. <laughs> if you don't, you're going to get frustrated. Right? It, exactly. Right. One of the things that we do is we have a small group option that I really like. Um, and it's really very effective in your home's um uh, especially with unchurched children, but even in your uh, your church families, like our scenario where we have 50% of our kids working on it during the week and 50% not, right? So it is a discussion group or a discipleship group. And think of your ladies' Bible study groups or your uh, Sunday school discussion groups and you're studying a book together. Those that study during the week, uh, discuss more than those that they're just now getting it in class. So they're going to study it at home during the week, those that do. And during class, you're going to take the time to go through as much of it as you have time, still leaving time to be able to recite their work. Okay. So your small group time, you almost divide in half is basically what happens. And, um, you work through the workbook portion together. And the 
thinking question is awesome discussion time questions as a group. In light of learning that the Bible is God's word, how should I treat my Bible? That's a great discussion question for a first and second grader, isn't it? Or in light of learning that the Bible is God's word, what have I learned from my Bible this week? Is that something that we can discuss as older kids? Uh, also, we can discuss the heart question. A lot of times you can discuss the heart questions. When it's a heart question, that's actually something that have you personally accepted the Lord as your Savior? Like when you go through God's gift salvation. I had the kids shut their eyes. And I says, I have, I want, this is a question I don't want you to answer out loud. I says, everyone shut your eyes. He says, I want you to really think about this. And then I will ask them the question. And then I say, if you want to talk to somebody, we are available or I want you to talk to your parents. And that's the way I kind of hit those uh, heart questions when you don't want them to answer it out loud. I just take a moment. I just say, take a moment and let's talk about it. Because you want parents to disciple and help their children grow spiritually, we have the Kids for Truth website that has all kinds of items on there free of charge for them to use. So they can actually learn more about this. They can actually, before you even start the program, they can download a free trial of the curriculum and actually look through it themselves and see what their kids are going to be learning, if they'll do it. They can learn who we are. There are e-newsletters that we send out. In fact, we just had one come out this week, which is our Prayer Warrior newsletter. I tell you what is some of the praises in Kids for Truth Ministry. I also tell you some of the things to be praying about. Um, we have daily devotionals that are free online devotionals. You can also subscribe to it or you can get it by podcast. We have a Truth in Real Life moment, which is a missionary. Uh, it's a biographical a sketch about uh, a Christian hero of our faith. They are all safe heroes of our faith, meaning they are passed away. So we're not going to have to worry about them getting caught up in sin. And, oh, no, I just talked about this person. And then they got, now I've got to explain. No, we don't have to do that. They're all what we consider safe missionaries. We have the equipped uh for leaders, we have uh, the startup manual. We also have the uh, Equip You site. I like to point parents, especially if you have a parent that has a kinetic learner and they need those crafts to do to help them learn their stuff. It's a great place to uh, point your parents to, especially if you don't have time for uh, uh, crafts. And we have training events listed right on the site so they can even get more training themselves as a parent. I have had parents attend training meetings because they want to be what their kids are learning, and what's this all about. I don't have a problem with it. And most churches don't have a problem with them learning more about what their kids are learning. In fact, they'll encourage that. Um, the Equip You site is our go-to place for uh, resources for the Kids for Truth curriculum. Um, you do have to register for it. It is absolutely free. Whether you ever buy anything from us or not, it's absolutely free. It does take up registration. It uh, helps us keep the spammers off, and it helps us make sure we keep bandwidth and resources up for you. So as we see more and more people on the site, we know that it's being used and it's worth uh, worth it to churches to use. Uh, the uh, download section is where the resource library is. Uh, you can also get to our devotional site from this uh, page. You can learn about us, and you can get to our online store. Anyone can buy from us. You do not have to just be a church. 
So uh, if a parent is looking for a Christmas present for their kids, they could actually order a truth book sleeve, even if you're using the award uh, standards, and they can use a, a truth book sleeve to help their kids keep the book nicer. Um, those truth book sleeves will at least fit one book, if not a book and a small Bible, uh, just kind of depending on what they have. Uh, you can browse the categories there to find out what we have available. And there's always online chat. And we talked about the online chat before we started. Uh, you are going to get a Kids for Truth Clubs program specialist right now. I happen to be the only one that is manning that. <laughs> there may come a time where I get a helper, but right now I'm the only one that does that. And if I am offline, leave a message and I return messages on that fairly quickly. All right. Let's finish this up. Let's talk about um, because you want to equip your parents. I also have to leave in a few minutes, so I don't know if if you can just go quickly. So I will finish up very quickly. We're down to the last couple slides. Okay, because I have to be. We're actually going to the airport, so we'll do this real fast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because you want to equip your parents to disciple and help their children grow spiritually. When you implement a club, you want to promote your club. You want to recruit and train your workers. Well-trained workers are happy workers. You want to register your children. Uh, That helps you determine what to order. And it also helps uh, additional excitement. Uh, You want to prepare your materials. uh, Success, no last-minute concerns. And prepare parent packs uh, with information and share resources with your parents. You want children excited to come to church, so you're going to have a schedule that is ever-changing, and we kind of talked about that as we went along. And you want to have some kind of motivator, whether it's bucks, whether it's the award patches, whether it is um, motivators, like group motivators. You want something to help motivate your children. Marina, can you go back to that? I, I tried to Yep, I'm sorry. Not that one, the other one. This one? Yep, didn't get that one. There you go. I can't fill it in because that's okay. Okay, thank you. I'll do you one other too. I'll give you this. That's already been filled out. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, You want to use some kind of motivator for them. I like the awards because they're visual and I can get people within my ministry to adopt my kids and to be watching and encouraging them as I go along. Uh, you want uh, truths that will stick with them for life. This is where we talked about the uh, curriculum repeating over and over as you go through the curriculum. So the same 120 questions, the answers and the verses are going to develop and deepen. We're systematically building upon past knowledge in levels, but they can enter in at any level where they should be age-wise. Level one has fewer Bible verses, but they do memorize anywhere from two to six per doctrine just depending on the answer. Number 12, because you want a program that will fit the unique needs of your ministry, we left everything within the program flexible and adaptable to meet your needs. The level names are on the books, you'll notice, and they show the expectations of what you want, developers, defenders, discoverers, detectives. Um, the you'll notice there's no grades on the books. That's on purpose. That's so it can flex to meet whatever the needs are at individual churches. 
Each level covers the same 12 doctrinal themes and the same 120 questions. Children learn within the same doctrinal theme at the same time. That way, when I'm teaching on God's Word, the Bible, they are learning on God's Word, the Bible. They're not learning on the Trinity. When I'm teaching on God's creation, they're not stealing God's Word, the Bible. I don't have an academically advanced child speed through the book so fast that they can't remember anything. But an academically challenged child is still at the front of the book thinking, I can't do this, and I'm in the center of the book. I have bonus work within my book to keep those academically advanced children working. I have review units to keep them digging deeper and retaining it better. The pace is determined by what works for your church. If you have a church full of church children that's been in church from a young age or homeschooled children, you're going to be on a faster pace than unchurched children. You want a program that will fit your needs? We're here to help you. And I will listen to you and help you adapt a program that fits your needs instead of you meeting ours. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend podcast.